I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spotify for 100 million, not even 150. I will sign watch time exclusively (laughs) to your platform. Put it out there. Little discount rate for the boys. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. This today we've got a very exciting episode. A lot of things to talk about. $100 million deals. Some of the biggest deals I think we've ever really seen in this industry for like individual creators. We've also got a bunch of drama going down on YouTube. Isn't there always? My name is Elliot. I am a YouTuber who plays games with 8 million subscribers. I'm here with my sister, Grace, CEO of Click Management. Grace, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Been a been a fun old week. We got the new Fortnite season coming up, which is always a good time because it means I actually get content. I mean, does it though? Because I feel like the new Fortnite updates at the moment are not giving you what you want. Yeah, look, all right, they're rough times. They're rough times. But a new season, a new season is always good. It's like a free week of just like sure. of new stuff to do. Definitely. Well, it's been a bloody massive week of stuff happening in our world and I feel like the place to kick it off is the podcasting world has never been filled with so much news I feel like podcasting even before we were doing this yeah is like it's up there like don't you remember before I for the last literally for the last like two years guys I've been Elliot begging Elliot being like, please, can we do a podcast? I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed with podcasts for years now. But I feel like people have been sleeping on the podcast game. No one realized the content that is there, like the money that is there. And now I feel like this week it's all come to a head. And between like the Call of Daddy stuff and the Joe Rogan deal with Spotify, suddenly people are like, wait, they're paying how much for a podcast? Like what is a podcast again? Like no one knew about this. I feel like podcasts thought people thought they were for like old people. I don't know what people thought they were, but I think people are getting a new appreciation for what they are now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, like, I mean, once again, we just want to say what we're mainly talking about here, which is yeah. Joe Rogan getting a, allegedly $150 million. $150 million. That's insane. You know what? But you know what I'm. But you know what I actually just had a thought. Then I'm like 150 million. When we talk about individuals, is an insane amount of money. But if you were to be like, oh, his business sold for like 100, 150 million dollars, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's like a reasonably big company. Like if you think about the size, except it's not. Yeah, but if you think it's about literally him. Yeah, it's him. But if you think about the size of that operation and the viewership they command, that is a content house, essentially. Oh, 100%. Like in terms of what they command. So to back it up a little bit for the people that might not have caught on, Joe Rogan is the daddy of podcasts. If Caller Daddy is having issues, Joe Rogan is the daddy. He is the kingpin of the podcast world. He obviously has his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. He's had it for 12 years now. He's OG and he gets serious listenership. 
every episode he uploads is always number one on the podcast charts on Apple um, around the world. He revolutionized, I think, putting podcast content on YouTube and now has two separate channels where he uploads both the full episodes of his podcast and clips of his podcast. Both these channels do hundreds of millions of views a month, which I think we can attest to uh, will be making him many millions of dollars per year. And this year, sorry, this week, he signed his podcast over exclusively to Spotify. And there's a few nuances to this deal. Um, He's still able to keep doing the clips on YouTube, which I find really interesting. Uh, And I want to touch on that because I would be interested to see what Spotify thinks about that, both from like a pros and cons perspective. And basically it's rumored to be a deal that is in the realm of um, $100 million to $250 million. It's an amount of money that is- Bit of ballpark there, 100 to $250 million, little $150 million gap there. You can buy a couple of little cars with that, but- Obviously the deal terms are confidential, but- rumors and i think if you were to do the calculations based on what you could roughly estimate he would be making across his youtube channel across um apple across sponsorships i would guess that it would be it sounds honestly about right that it's in that realm and i think it shows a lot of things both about um why it's important that it was joe rogan uh why it's important for spotify and what it shows about the podcast industry moving forward. And I think what I find really interesting is the fact that Joe Rogan actually has never had his podcast on Spotify. Did you know that, Elliot? No. What? He never posted it there? So he never posted them on Spotify. And um, this is kind of an interesting The ultimate hard to get long play. That is- Exactly. That is so good. That's That's like hard to get taken to the most extreme level I've ever heard. Exactly, exactly. It's an unusual strategy because generally when you're providing content, you want to be in as many places as people are. You want to be able to reach people in as many places as they are. So with a podcast, that would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the other streaming services, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And he always shied away from Spotify. Um, and I would be interested to know if it was that decision that had the Spotify execs looking at the Apple podcast charts each week being like, holy crap, what are we missing out on here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think. well, I, I was just going to say like, like a top line, I, I think is, you know, just like top line, just understanding the size of podcasting. And I think that's something that really uh crystallizes it for me and i know a lot of people who listen to this uh podcast are you know like probably largely like us mainly work in the games industry or you know at least that's where i probably got a bit more experience so for me when i think giant platform wars the absolute peak of that was something like the ninja mixer deal right when that came out that was mind-blowing $50 million was like the ballpark that was being thrown around. And that was for like a four year agreement or something like that. It was, but that was, that was insane. That was the biggest thing ever. Amazon versus Amazon versus Microsoft, like the big clash of the giants in streaming, which is this huge new space in our industry or growing space in our industry. And then all of a sudden it's just like Spotify, $200 million, Joe Rogan, get over here. Like, yeah. the scale is me me, i think it shows as a content platform 
where the platforms are working out that the most value lies. Because if you're, if you're Spotify, one, there's the fear of missing out. And yes, they want his plat- his content on the platform. But also I think the music streaming world is very nuanced and it's more difficult for Spotify to make a lot of money off music because there's so many different people that are taking slices of the pie there. So the people that own the rights to the songs, the people that own the rights to the production, to the music, there is, it's being, it's a pie that's being cut up in many, many ways. And I think what podcasting presents that is so interesting to these audio streaming services is one huge listenership. Two uh, is massive retention. So if you go on Spotify and you want to listen to one song, you can just go on for one song. The retention on podcasts is massive. It's like people are uploading between 30 minutes to two to three hours. Joe Rogan's podcasts are like three hours long. It's insane. Too long for me, but, but they're that long. And the retention on podcasts is just huge. Most people are listening to like probably between 60 to 80% of the podcast, which is insane compared to the actual time that people would be spending on the platform listening to music. And three, I think it presents a much bigger uh, revenue interest for a platform like Spotify. They're able to sell ads against it. They're able to have more people listening to ads for longer, which just means they're making more and more money. And I think for Spotify, they're probably recognizing that the return in podcasting is way, way bigger than the return in music. And people are consuming content in more ways now. Like I think video content is amazing. Obviously that's what we both do, but there comes a point where people can only watch so much stuff. And there are the moments when people are on the train going to work or, you know, doing chores and that sort of thing. And they can't be watching content. So they'll be listening to content. And I think the fact that this comes off the back of Spotify also buying Gimlet and The Ringer, both of which are two big podcast networks, um, shows how much Spotify is wanting to eat up market share in that space. I think as of last year, um, Spotify only had 10% of the podcast market. This year, I believe they have 15%. So they're growing, but I think they're wanting to just completely dominate they, that and get in while they can. And, and the crazy thing is, and this is what I think is so smart about it, it's kind of it, it's kind of what uh, Mixer tried to do with Ninja, but I actually think the Joe Rogan one is going to be way more effective and also a long-term kind of like smart play is that if you if you have like you basically identify like let's say there's like three segments of the market right there's like the the boys which is like the joe rogan stuff where it's like oh just you know and not only boys obviously has got like a really broad appeal but you know is that's one segment then say there's like lifestyle and then let's say there's like the the criminal murder mystery ones i don't know i'm simplifying it down but long story short if you streets are a huge category yeah no i I, that's i'm just going off what i hear you always talking about with podcasting which is basically crime um but yeah (laughs) if if you basically if you can go and you can pull the a-list ones from each one and have them exclusively on your platform then ultimately you are at least for a vast number of podcast listeners going to be a non-negotiable must visit destination for the millions and millions of people that watch joe rogan now you don't have an option you're using spotify Uh, you have to download spotify you don't have a choice and do you know do you know why i think it's really smart that spotify let him keep uploading the clips on youtube 
I think it, that was a purposeful decision oh, because 100%. that's going to keep people interested. Yeah. They're going to hear the clip and they're going to be like, I want the full episode. And the only place to go get the full episode is going to be on Spotify. Yeah. I, reckon I that was absolutely integral. think that was key. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting though that Spotify bought the video rights to the platform. And I think that in itself gives a massive sneak peek into what Spotify is planning to do in the video space. Obviously right now they're mostly just music. They've sort of dabbled in a couple of music videos. Yeah. But I think podcasting is probably an area where they're planning to go hard into video. And honestly, I think it's so smart. I think they can't really compete with like other video platforms. And again, like yeah. the payoff for doing like music videos and stuff probably isn't there. But for podcasting, it's a natural move for Spotify. And I think it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, I think based on what you were saying earlier as well, the other thing that makes that, you know, is just interesting to look at overall is it sounds like Spotify and just music audio platforms in general are having a really similar shift to mm. uh, like what YouTube had back in the day. YouTube yes. used to be nothing but these small little like one minute skip videos, two minute skip videos, yes. like little like five minute gameplay videos. And then all of a sudden YouTube was like, wait, if we encourage long form content, we can like shove like five times as many ads. People stay on the platform longer because they just, they don't have to, they're not constantly making a decision. Do I leave the platform or do I click next? If they're just engaged with one bit of content. And it sounds like that's exactly what is happening with music labels now. Oh, sorry. With like, with Spotify and just audio platforms. Uh, they're just like, yeah. long form content is easier to monetize, has better staying power. And like, I I'm guessing is also just way easier to work with. Like everything 100%. I've heard, I think that's that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I've heard about like working with music labels sounds like an absolute chaotic mess. Yeah. Like, like not in the I sense agree. that they don't run their company well, but there's just so many elements to it. There's the artist cut. There's the label. Then there's promote. Like there's just so much. You know. Whereas yes, like yes. creators, like obviously a lot of creators run their podcasts much more like businesses, but it's still a much simpler dynamic than when you've For got sure. all the moving parts of a artist. And what I want to know is, is Apple going to come sit at the table and play? Yeah, that's, because that's, yeah. That yeah. is where I think will be really, really interesting. Traditionally, I think Apple has had very little interest or desire to get into the creator space at all um, as like a personal obviously just a personal anecdote, but I've heard it echoed across the industry. I find that Spotify has actually been really interested in engaging with their creators. Um, I've been to the Spotify offices. They know our creators. They express interest in our creators creating podcasts. Apple, I would, um, like I've met with Apple. They're nice people, but I would struggle to put a name, um, a name to a face or have someone that I would be like, oh, okay, they're definitely interested in that space. I think Apple traditionally has played much more in the hardware and software space focused on their products yeah. rather than focused on the creators that are creating content for their platforms and products. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting I... to see how they respond because they do dominate podcasting right now. I believe they make up like minimum 65% of the podcast. Really? sort of space it's so but... weird as an android person like i don't touch oh, apple like i don't dude, I can't know talk to you. yeah i don't know like <laughs> any i don't i'm an I apple haven't, girl through and through. i haven't been on itunes since 2008 man like i don't even know what yeah. that platform is so they dominate podcasting um but it'll be I, i'd be interested to know if they even if they even wanted to play on the joe rogan deal like did they actually put up a serious offer 
I, I feel like I would be surprised if they did. And maybe they're just like, it's just not our area. We're not going to play in it. But it also feels like such a no brainer for them if they've, you know, they control that much of the market. Like, yeah. Dedicate some resources to keeping a hold on it because. I, I, I think they will. I, I, I think they will. I think it's. I think yeah. it's gonna be. It's gonna be like. Uh, I mean, it's. It's literally like. I think it'll be so similar to what we saw with Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube, where you've kind of got the three. Everyone's kind of like assembling. You know, they're all like getting ready. They're, they're facing off, and it's kind of like they're looking at each other, like, "Who's gonna go first? Huh? Like, we're gonna." But like, don't gonna you do think it? they've never? But as like, soon as they they've see, they've never been interested. Yeah, but they haven't been interested. But they're not dumb, right? They're they're a billion, mm -hmm. billion, billion dollar company for a reason. The reason is they understand where value is and they and they know how to like get it. I think that right now it's probably I, I would more liken um, Apple to Twitch, where at the start you know they're like, we are streaming, like what like what yeah. are we doing? Like we don't we don't need like you know Twitch. Vast majority of the time, like if you're talking to them about trying to negotiate like a deal for an individual creator, they're like, "Look, like, what are you gonna do? Like, we're Twitch. Yeah, like, you're, you're the here. Audience. You're yeah. here. You're not. Let's be. They're, they're like, let's be real. You're not. You're not going anywhere. Like, let let's be honest. We could literally yeah. halve what we pay you, and you'd probably still stay. Like they because they have that that like confidence that they are the biggest and the best. But I think as soon as you see other players with big banks behind them making aggressive plays like picking up some of the biggest podcasts in the world taking them away from your platform and forcing people exclusively to go over to spotify i don't know if i was apple i would start worrying about like a domino effect it's like okay i'm someone who used to listen to joe rogan on uh itunes then it's like okay now i have to go listen on spotify well i'm already on spotify now so i guess i may as well shift my music subscription to spotify as well and like you know yeah. like the it, the the domino effect there is actually kind of scary yeah, and i true. i and i i think as soon as platforms see people making those moves like everyone gets fomo you know because they all yes. want to be the dominant force in that space and we know what this space is worth in the scheme of things 150 million is pennies so if they're like, we are currently at risk of falling behind in the podcast race, we need to make moves. I think they'll make moves. I, I yeah. think that, I don't think this stuff will be long-term. I think it'll be similar to, you know, I, I do think it's going to go for a few years. Same with the streaming wars on Twitch and YouTube. But I think right now, all these things, they're new mediums, they're new platforms that are kind of emerging in the industry. And it's like, after a point, like things level out and become even but right now these are all surges in new content and everyone knows that like realistically there's there's room for like one big boy and a couple of taggers on and everyone wants to become the big boy and i think itunes was in that spot spotify wants it and i think they're gonna get very dicey yeah yeah. Well, uh, congrats, Joe. Um, I feel yeah. like this week in podcasting was an example of someone that definitely secured the bag. Spotify for that... 100 million, not even 150. I will sign watch time exclusively <laughs> to your platform. Ex put it out there. But... Your discount rate for the boys. Yeah, I think um, this week in podcasting was an example of someone securing the bag and then someone else 
fumbling the bag in the biggest oh way Oh my god, dude. And I... guys, we have to touch on it because we're obsessed. Elliot and I literally message each other every day with updates from Reddit, I messaged you messenger. this morning <laughs> because I pulled open Spotify and the first thing I said, we're, we're talking about Call Me Daddy. If you missed last week's podcast, call you're not caught daddy. up, call her daddy. It, it, yeah, if, if you haven't caught up the on drama the drama, and we need, are addicted. Yeah, you need to catch up on it. Either watch last week's episode if you haven't already or, or there's so much stuff talking about it. But uh, TLDR, for those of you who aren't across it, long story short, two girls started a podcast where they uh, talked about, you know, sex and relationships. They did it as employees of Barstool Esports. It blew up, became one of the biggest things in the world. They thought they weren't getting paid enough. Barstool was like, well, you are getting paid enough and we have a contract. They stopped uploading. Negotiations happened back and forth. And long story short, the update where it's sitting at right now, which has kind of evolved, we kind of already knew it was going in this direction, I think, at the end mm -hmm. of the last podcast. But essentially, it is now very firmly, it appears, in the position where one of the girls was like, actually, Barstool's put a great offer on the table. I'm keen. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do it. And the other girl uh, realizes she probably should have done that and taken the Barstool deal. But now... Barstool's like, yeah, nah, sorry. You like, sorry. you missed out. Like, we're going with her. We're just going to... It was a duo podcast, and it looks like... I mean, yeah, so basically what I sent uh, Grace this morning is I was, like, writing in, and uh, I was, like, putting on an episode of it, and I pulled it up, and now their display picture, it used to be a picture of, like, the two of them doing the whole, like, blonde bimbo, like, look from, from their own description. Okay. That, no, 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 that's what they called it. There's an episode yeah, yeah, where they're yeah. like, they literally make us look like blonde bimbos in it. But it was like, that was like the look they were going for. And now it's just like one of the girls literally cut from two. Now the photo is just like one of the girls smiling at the camera. And you're like, God This drama, damn. I am so unashamedly invested because... I just think it's such a good example of something that is honestly an all too common scenario in media and entertainment. I think people would be surprised to know that if you could summarize in this, this into one line, which you basically just did, it was like, I feel like I've grown. I feel like my talent doesn't reflect my worth. The company says, look, this is why we signed a contract. Um, and and it's a tale as old as time. This happens all the time. It's very common, but but rarely does it play out in such a public manner. And I think basically the update since last week is that Sophia, the girl that has massively fumbled the bag, uh, came out with like a two-minute, very choppy Instagram story, basically saying, uh, you don't understand the whole story. I wish I could do it, but I can't do it now under these terms. Um, yeah. Honestly, it was pretty shitty. It was <laughs> I like it was it about as bad as it gets. Dude, her and I think it was like definitely sorry, let me just finish my thought, but I think it was definitely a um highlight for me that when creators fuck up or have the need to apologize for something, I think the most important thing is making sure that when you do your apology video, you're not coming off in a worse light them before you did the apology video yeah. and there are so many examples of this this is an example where she came off worse after than she did going into it because it came off as not genuine uh it came off as elusive like she wasn't giving the whole picture she, she, and it oh. and it came off as like not really saying anything at all i think the example would be like logan paul with the incident the first apology he, video he did people hated um, the first yeah. apology video that James Charles did after the whole James Charles Tati thing was really bad. And then they corrected themselves, um, both Logan and 
James. Yeah. Sophia so far hasn't said anything else because two days after that, Alex, the other girl who looks to be now doing the podcast alone, came out with a 35-minute YouTube video basically laying down the facts. Every video. Every detail. Every detail. And this video... Would you say, Elliot, I, I thought it was really good. I thought oh, it was she great. nailed it. The, the, the problem she, is... She absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I totally forget the name, but girl that got cut out, when she did her video... Sophia. It was, yeah, Sophia was there like three minutes. She was like, look, guys, um, you're, you don't have the whole story, uh, but also I'm, I'm not going to say it, but I'm not, but the deal isn't good, but I would still want to do the podcast yeah. if we can. The other girl came out. She was like, day one. This, this is what happened from day one when we started the podcast to when it started doing well, to the first meeting I had, to this contract renegotiation, to this meeting, this meeting, this call. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This walk back I had, and this is exactly, she went into every bit of detail about every conversation, every bit. And it was just like, okay, cool. That's the story. Like if you were the person to come out and be like- Came off genuine. Yeah. It came off that her feelings were authentic. Yeah. And it came off really, really believable. Small note as well, which I which I think is worth talking about because I think it's really interesting always to look at the way that people present themselves in these videos. Sophia came out kind of done up really nicely with a lot of makeup. Her hair was done. And Alex, the second one, came 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 out doing it in a hoodie, I think. She was wearing makeup but minimal. And I just think it came off as less performative. And I think yeah. that's really that's really interesting as well. Just as a point, because I often think you find that when people do these apology videos, they do try to do it in a way that comes off as very raw and yeah. unscripted. Yeah, and that's always the best way to do it. But I, I think that, yeah. yeah, the super interesting thing is that, you know, so Alex, obviously now, podcast is going ahead. It sounds like she's going to get a nice fat contract. She'll have the IP, 75% of it in a year. And she's probably going to do incredibly well from this deal. Ultimately, yeah. everything that's gone down has been great marketing for the podcast. It'll probably come back to more viewers than ever. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see if the one person dynamic will lead to any kind of like fall off. Like, I don't know how it seems essential when you listen to it now, but I, I'm, she's a more than capable person. I think of, she was the main player. Yeah. She was the main I player. I think she was the main player the whole time. Yeah. And but, I think like the main lesson for me in this, oh, sorry, go on. Oh, well, I just wanted to say like, uh, this is what's really stuck in my mind. I just can't keep, I, I can't stop replaying in my brain how screwed Sophia is because in her mind the way this was going to play out was very simple it was either a renegotiate get a bunch of money keep doing the podcast together or worst case scenario was that they wouldn't be able to get Barstool to like give them everything under the sun and they would just they would literally walk away from Barstool and start a new podcast with the two of them that they call 
call me mummy or something. I don't know. Just but you know, like the the same the people another know. name, another name. The viewers yeah. know that it's the same podcast under a different name, and they can just keep going along with their own IP. This is now worked out in a way where Call Me Daddy is going ahead. The core fan base is going to stay with them. And then there is a scenario where you could be like, okay, well, she could start her own spin-off podcast and that could become big. But here's the thing. No one likes her now because she's come off as the bad person in all of this. She's come off as the person who was greedy, wasn't being reasonable. Like if people are siding with a company, Barstool, over a creator that they were a fan of, you know that creator must have messed up pretty bad. Yeah. So like... People are going to be like, oh, cool. You start a new podcast. Don't care. Don't like you anymore. And these podcasts are all about relatability. As soon as she looked at all like a snake, it's like people don't want to hear like, you know, fun relationship advice from someone they don't like. They want to hear that from someone who's relatable, like someone they want to be friends yeah. with. Like The feedback she's... from the audience came that they felt betrayed. Yeah. And that is a really bad feeling or relationship to have with your audience. I think it's really, really important to foster that. And I think Elliot and I could go into so much about the importance of relatability as a creator. And we want to actually do a full episode on that because there is way too much to sort of delve into there to do it justice. But for me, I think the biggest thing to come out of this was that they mastered the art of it's all content. It's all content. You know, their biggest problem that Barstool had was the fact that this show had been off the air for six weeks and they weren't able to monetize it, sell ads against it, uh, build an audience for it. And suddenly, within the span of eight days, they have created more talk than they ever could have keeping their contract negotiations silent. Dave Portnoy, the president of Barstool, Far out that man has balls, man, by my Love French. It. But like I could, God, he's got guts coming out with half the shit he puts on Twitter and I, Instagram. I feel like if I was worth a hundred million, I'd have some pretty big balls as well. I'd be, like, I'd be like, I'd be like, what are you going to do? Cost me a million dollars? Don't care. 99 but more in the bank, baby. They have put all of this out to the public to see. They have aired their dirty laundry like no other. And it has worked off the chain well for them. They have a whole audience now that is invested in this in this story, that is invested in these personalities. And I guarantee you their listenership tomorrow or today, actually, when this episode goes live, will be the highest it's ever been. Guarantee. Yeah. Guarantee. It's going to be huge. It'll be off the chain. It'll be absolutely massive. And it's kind of sad that that's how it is, but... <sighs> I don't know. All publicity is good publicity, I guess. Yeah, honestly, it's going to be huge. But anyway, we got a lot to get through today. And speaking okay. of negative drama that does not always work out in people's <laughs> favor, um, Keem versus H3H3. Dude, talk AKA me through it. Ethan Klein. Okay, TLDR. Once Give me again, the TLDR. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash through this real quick because I think most people are relatively across it. Long story short, uh, Keem and H3H3. H3, uh, Keem is obviously a reports kind of like YouTube drama. He's like a news channel. Uh, and H3H3 H3 is just a, a big creator. It does a variety of content. Long story short, uh, they have never really got along very well. They've always taken digs at each other. And about two or three weeks ago, long story 
short, a little bit of backstory. Years ago, H3H3 got into some like serious copyright uh, disputes where someone was trying to dispute content and they basically made it like a landmark case where it was trying to dispute uh, the kind of ownership of content on YouTube. Long story short, H3H3 had a bunch of money donated to him to help fight that case. Now, two or three weeks ago, Keem was like, hey, I reckon H3H3 is like pocketing a lot of this cash and like didn't actually spend it all properly because he said that they spent it all that it all ran out but like look at all these things that should have given them like tens of millions of dollars like this is all bad anyway and it got personal right and he it, was yeah. like look at the house they're living in oh yeah. yeah it's always personal it's always that yeah it's always personal but then oh, h3h3 great. was like yep yeah, okay cool i'm not going to take this lying down and like he put out a video uh called content nuke uh keemstar where he basically went through keemstar's uh long and flavorful career on uh, <laughs> on youtube um over the past like 10 years almost and basically just itemized every single bad thing keem has done and look no one's perfect keem has probably had a few more to be fair it's the area he works in like it's hard to stay out of drama when you're in that area and Keem, if you're watching this, please, so... please don't, please don't do anything bad to me. If I, if I... but look, he's, he's, I don't ha... envy his job. Yeah. No, but he's, he's had things in the past, which are, you know, objectively bad. Like I think he said the N word on stream. He's done some, he's done some things where you can be like, okay, that's objectively bad. Now, a lot of the drama on this came down to H3H3. Uh, there was a uh, uh, YouTuber called Etika, um, who I believe last year, it was very sad. He had like a complete just mental uh he was like he basically was like manic like he just had a complete mental collapse and ultimately ended in him uh killing himself which is very sad but um essentially during the time where he was having that mental collapse keem was uh making it very very public on his uh on his news channel and long story short h3 in his video to a point levels a reasonable amount of the blame of Etika's passing onto Keemstar, saying that Keemstar, you know, made it a spectacle, pushed him to the mm -hmm. brink, and, you know, basically made this happen. Now, this is where things get messy, and I think where things are not a win for either side, because ultimately, just just everyone's a loser in this conversation, because you have people on both sides who are like, yep, what Keem did is wrong. Keem loses from that. But also at the same time, you have people just as kind of frustrated at, at H3 being like, don't use a tragedy that happened, like someone who was clearly in mental anguish, uh, as like a weapon. Don't use their death as a weapon yeah. in your own personal yeah. dispute, which is a totally valid, valid. point to bring up. And mm -hmm. to be fair, like the one thing I will say in Keem's defense, I, I, once again, I don't think he, he dealt with the Etika, situa Etika situation well. There are some bad things that he did during that time. But I do think that trying to level everything that happened at him isn't necessarily fair. And also, uh, there was a uh, th there's text like conversations between Etika's mum after he passed and Keem saying like I I need you and your fans to know that this was not your fault. He loved your yeah. show. You were great. All that kind of stuff. But long story short, what's the fallout from this being? What's what's been the nuclear fallout from the content nuke that H3H3 dropped? Well, you've had Keem go back and fire back at H3, bringing up the like bad things that he said in his podcast in uh, the past, which he's also said some bad things. Long story short, Keem lost his channel's longest, biggest sponsor, which was uh, G Fuel, 
Um, And then uh, in addition to that, uh, apparently H3H3, this isn't officially confirmed. And and I'm I'm skeptical on it. I'm only 50-50 because I've seen the the screenshots that apparently leaked it looked questionable. Uh, Is he lost one of his big sponsors, Old Spice, when... Really? um, Yeah, when uh, Keem brought up all the drama. Now... Watch it's still going back and forth. They're both still releasing videos on each other, digging into each other, bringing up more stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's just messy. I think it's really just an example of a a time where YouTube drama really is just it's a lose lose. Yeah, like I mean, God, you can go into the details of who's right and wrong on this. I mean, I've met, I haven't met. Ethan, I've met Keem and he was very nice and very polite to me. I think he is in a job where the nature of his job is getting views. And I think it presents a really interesting topic for discussion where it's like, at what, you know, I think as a YouTuber, you need to have a really strong moral compass and sense of your own ethics and where that falls in the balance of getting views. And I think came yeah. in the past has perhaps got that wrong. And he's traded small bits of what might be really right in order for a clickbait title and or in order for getting views on a video that he knows will get engagement. Yeah. And it's, and it's easy to do. Like it's, uh, it's exactly oh, what happened with yeah. Logan Paul and the whole forest Absolutely. Incident. It's just Absolutely. like after a while, like doing it, it just becomes like, do more, do more, go crazier, go bigger, go harder. And just like and uh, the at algorithm a point, rewards you. yeah, you will eventually accidentally cross the line. I think there's a, there's mm-hmm. actually a really good clip of it, uh, which I think kind of really clarifies it. It was, uh, Keem and FaZe Banks were talking and they were talking about Sky does Minecraft. Oh, no, it wasn't Sky. It was another big Minecraft YouTuber, Basher, I think, was having like a literal, he was having a breakdown. Once again, it's very similar to Etika. He was just in a horrible mental place. He was going downhill. He was doing absolutely crazy manic stuff. Like really, you could tell yeah. he was not mentally in a good spot. Not the right and, mind. And Keem and, and, Keem and, uh, and Banks were talking. Keem was like, yeah, he's just doing it for publicity. Like, it's all fake. He's just doing it for publicity. I'm going to expose him on my channel yeah. and like and say that. Banks was, like, Banks was like, listen to me, dude. I have gone through this shit. That is a manic episode. He is having a manic yeah. episode right now. He is mentally unstable. Keem's like, nah, he's doing it for views. And it's like, and I think it's after a point you, if you start, you know, seeing... It, what, what, what's the saying if you're a hammer everything's a nail you know yeah. i think if you're uh if you're a drama reporting channel you're looking for the story you're looking for the angle constantly and I think that, true and you're probably seeing people constantly actually do stuff like that like actually fake manic episodes or, or that kind of thing to get views and uh after a point yeah if if yeah really good point that's actually a really good point i do think none of them come neither of them come out looking great from this i've seen both of their response videos and honestly it seemed like petty teenage shit and i was like aren't like these are both men in their 30s aren't they youtube, i don't know it just seems a little bit below <laughs> youtube drama is almost never ever a win ever no one ever wins no. out of it like you even look at the uh the, all the the old james charles stuff right? Like, I forget what the other girl's name, but when that first came out, she was fully seen as being, like, in the right, like, the lovely mother person, but by the end of it, shots get fired back and forward. 
everyone's got a few skeletons in their closet. Everyone. Yeah. No one. Even Tuddy, who was like, apparently from, once again, I'm not in the beauty space, but like from everything I'd heard, she was like the mother of YouTube and the nicest person ever. And everyone loved her and she was just flawless and untouchable. Yeah. And like by the end of that drama, people hated her. And it's just like, I mean, you could argue overall it's she did. It's a cheap win. It's a cheap win for views in the moment and not great for your reputation overall. Nah. What I do think is really interesting and is an interesting trend is the fact that these guys are going for each other's sponsors here. Like such a theme yeah. of Ethan's video was the fact that Keem yeah. was constantly sponsored by G Fuel. And it was like, G Fuel, G Fuel, you know? And I think it's fascinating now where sponsors are really part of the conversation. I think this is something people didn't see before. People saw sponsors and the creators themselves separately. But I think it's like going for a sponsor is like going for the jugular. It's like yeah. hit them where it hurts. Yeah. Hit them where they're going to really feel it. Yeah. And I think that is super, super interesting. But yeah. it's also, it's also like, kind of valid you know like if someone's coming out and saying awful things like it it does it does make it aware of that but you know you know the difference though where it transcends it goes it, it's where it becomes uh you know it, it transitions from being news to being a personal attack you know i think that's oh, yeah. it like if you if you stand there and you say this is what this person did that's the fact good night as opposed to if you say uh, this is what this person did and this sponsor in particular talking to you uh, is supporting it. That's when you're you're no longer just making it like, I want people to know is bad, which is what just reporting what someone had done is doing. You're like, no, I want to actually directly hurt them financially. That's, that, is a, that is a personal move. And... See, this was something that I thought about because when I first saw Ethan's video, I was like, I feel like Ethan actually does have a strong moral compass here. I feel like he probably feels as though he's doing a justice to the community by saying like, hey, you probably don't want to align with this person that said some pretty messed up stuff. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, the fact that he did bring up G Fuel so much, that's a that's a personal vendetta. That's not just like, hey, audience, I don't think that you should align with this person just fyi here's some of the stuff that you might not have known about that he's done yeah. it's like i want you to feel this pain <laughs> yeah that you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of the uh when we were talking about call me daddy how the ceo and how uh dave portnoy when they were talking about this exec guy from hbo who they clearly didn't like they were making it they were like if i was the employer of this individual this would raise some very alarming issues for yes. me you know you're like yes. you're not just being like this is what the person did you're like you're like looking directly at hbo and you're like you're employing this guy and he is absolutely taking you for a ride <laughs> yeah fire him you know you're going that extra step because you've identified a point where you can inflict some real direct damage and you're and you're tunneling on that and you're making it's the conversation up People in the people in the market are cluing up. I think like people previously didn't realize how important that was, how important that was, um, and now people are like, here's somewhere where I can get them. It's malicious, I think. Yeah, exactly. Really but yeah, is. I mean, long story thought short, like it just doesn't do anyone any favors. And I mean, in some ways, I sympathize with Keem. I think regardless, uh, no one deserves the blame of someone else's death. And I think if he, you know, well, the comments that do. he made about, Letters. well, 
yeah, but in these circumstances, no, I think it's no, like no. something to be cautious of. But I think um, like the fact that like he knows what he said to him as in like go jump off a cliff or whatever. And then a month later, if that person actually follows through with that action, you can rationalize as much as you want that you weren't part of that, but it would weigh on your conscience. It would yeah. be a mental hurdle. It would be a mental mountain to have to get over. So I sympathize for him in that. Um, but I do think some of the stuff that he has done, the, the, has just been an example of him going for views over having that strength in his moral compass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I think that's basically what it boils down to is that ultimately, though, the takeaway should be maybe don't start personal drama, especially don't, especially yeah. when it gets like like really like really personal, which is which is uh, which is ultimately what Keem kind of did by making it about like Ethan's house and his lifestyle, trying to alienate viewers. Ethan fires back, makes it about G Fuel. Uh, then, you know, obviously Keem's fans fire back, make it about Old Spice. Long story short, it, it's like an, an eye for an eye. Everyone's blind. You know, the old, the old oh. saying. Wow, that was, that was deep, Elliot. That was yeah. such a good way but, to end that little topic. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 th I thought I left that on a good point. That was beautiful. We'll never see you in the drama. No. <laughs> Two years from now, someone crips, cl clips this and was like, yeah. this didn't age well. <laughs> But probably. Dude, KSI released an album. Did you see this? I just want yeah. to touch on it quickly. Okay, yeah, this is our final little topic. Yeah, no, I did. JJ released an album. Uh, dude, the Props. number, the number of features on that album is crazy. Dude, like, insane. I'm the pulling names? up here. He's got Lil Pump. He's got uh, Jeremiah, Trippy Red, Offset, uh, SX, Rick Ross. Like, there are some crazy feats on that uh, like like feature artists on that track and i i, I would love to know i think the dynamic behind it's super interesting i think number one uh undeniable like you, you just can't deny it ksi is absolutely killing it in terms of transitioning from someone who is just a youtuber to someone who is he is a cult especially in the uk he's an absolute cult but um, credit to him not an easy transition it is nah. so hard to spin off from social media to a traditional industry and have it not come off like a gimmick yeah don't you think there are people that have tried to get into tv and movies and music definitely in the past and it just doesn't stick because it doesn't feel authentic and i think he's doing yeah. a really good job like i think it still comes off as he's a youtuber but i also think he owns that which i think is a really good way another example would be like a joji or something but it's a different kind of example because he obviously totally just completely dropped his youtube personality of yeah. filthy frank and changed his name literally but i think it's it's an amazing feat but yeah i'm kind of interested to know like how do those deals go down who's paying who yeah, that, well, that's Where basically it. Like, are the artists come from? Are the artists now seeing the level of exposure that like creators can bring, and they're like, "I want True. in on that. I'm gonna do it." Or is it like, "Hey, my name's KSI, and I have ten million dollars. I will give you two hundred thousand if you do a little on my track." You know, like a little feat. Which, like, and and I've chatted to a few people because I was wondering about that, and like, I don't know exactly what the deal was on on those tracks, but. Uh, yeah, apparently it happens for all kinds of different reasons. It can be marketing, it can be straight cash, it can be a mixture of both. No, I'd love to know. Because in some ways I think like a creator um, or, oh, sorry, 
like in social media land, but like a musician or an artist, you know, if you're like an offset, you probably have a, you know, like Beyonce is not going to collaborate with a nobody, you know, she, she wants to associate her name with a level of quality or a level of like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah, that's you don't want to be, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think like, how do these big rappers view it? Are they like, oh, I'm doing a feature on a social media artist song? Or are they like, holy shit, no, I understand the importance of this. This guy is going to get bloody 20 million views on the music video and has this legion of dedicated fans. And that's what like social media brings is like, those fans are fucking dedicated yeah like his album's number one in the uk right now no i think i saw that on twitter just before we started yeah recording. number one number two it's like against some other band that's nuts yeah his that that is that is a feat in and of itself so like congrats jj slay it king get it i get love it. it i love seeing youtubers succeed in every way exactly all right. Does that wrap us up for the week? I think so. We All got right. Through, man, we got through a lot. We got through a lot. God, there's so much more I feel like we could get into. We could do two podcasts a week on the busy weeks, you know? Yeah. But anyway, we'll save it. Save All it for right. next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you guys next week. Remember to subscribe, like, do all the things on whatever platform you are listening or watching on and let us know your feedback in the comments. We, I read it all. So, all right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.